God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Is that a Cobra Kai hat you've got on? Yep, I'm in the Karate Kid now. It only took, oh, cool. It only took 39 years, but they finally got my application. Are you in that show called Karate Man? No, Karate Kid. Oh, Karate Kid. Okay. It's for kids like me, 39. 39 and up. Oh, yeah, that older kid? Yeah. Big kid. Oh, big kid. Karate big kid. Yeah, we just sit around and drink coffee, talk about karate mostly. Mostly just talk about karate movies. But so you, you wax? Instead of waxing on and waxing off, we wax poetic about karate. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of what the actual phrase was. Let's paint the house, wax the car. It's really just a way for Miyagi to exploit you know, child labor with Danielson. He's like, oh, this yeah. poor kid just moved into the apartment complex with his mom. Single mom works all day. I can either molest him with impunity mm. or I'll just get him to clean all my cars and paint my fence and stuff. Well, it worked out well for uh, Ralph Macchio. Pretty good, I guess. I mean, he made a few movies after that. How about the guy who plays the bad guy in Karate Kid? Superstar in whatever, 1989, whenever that movie came out. Then 30-year dry period, and then Superstar again. Playing the same role. Except he's old and works at a car dealership. But he's a good-looking big kid, that guy. Yeah. Good looking blonde hair. And so Ralph Macchio looks pretty good too for being 72. I think Ralph Macchio did a lot of partying in between. He's had some work done. I think he was a big Playboy Mansion uh, visitor. Oh, you think? I think I read that. I think he's big on the grotto there. Yeah. I think he was a regular, regular over there. Mucho Macchio. I mean, if you're the karate kid, you should be able to have a Dude, lot of nice time. Kara- if you're the karate kid. The grotto is where where you go, grazie, grazias, Mr. Grotto. I recently watched those movies because I was showing them Nova, and it's really shocking how bad at karate he is for a movie called The Karate Kid. Right. Studying under Miyagi, one of the greatest masters of all. He was never really good at karate. They didn't even try to make him good at it. He's kind of bad at it. They didn't give a shit back in those days, dude. The bar was pretty low on karate in the 80s. I think just everything. They were like, Fuck it. Nobody knows shit. And nobody could. Back in those days, you couldn't vet anything. So you just put it out. That was like all they had maybe was thumbs up, thumbs down. Maybe. Everyone's like, I guess this is what karate is. Yeah. They're like, this is fine. Yeah. Because if you wanted to find out what real karate was, you had to go to the library, check out a book and look at some pics, some shitty black and white pics. You're not going to be able to find out anything about karate that way. The only way to find out about karate in those days was to go to fucking China, shave your shit, live in a goddamn cave with a bunch of pedophiles, and then at the end, if you wanted to leave, lift up this hot stone with your forearms and get a real bad burn. And then you're a karate person. Then you know something about karate, but if you're not willing to fucking take that trip, then you know, yeah, that's most people. So they were like, "Oh yeah, this is karate." Of course, well, now we know. Now we know everything. Well, now we know it's a bunch of bullcrap. Yeah, because we know everything now. A little thing called YouTube. Yeah, a little thing called phone. Unlimited knowledge, unlimited pornography, unlimited shopping, unlimited 
everything. Unlimited depression. Unlimited feel bad about yourself. We were happier when we thought that Karate Kid was a pretty good representation of karate. That was a happier time for everybody. Dude, I was happier when I thought I was the fucking king of my castle. Now all I got to do is open up my phone to understand I am not. Well, someone wrote a nice email about you being the king of their castle. Let me read it for you. Maybe this will make you feel better. I'm already feeling better. Even Maybe shouldn't even read it because the one I'm imagining in my mind is pretty good. This one's pretty good. I mean, this one's a pretty good email. Bring it on. Mary Paul Jeske says, Hello, sirs. Catching up on all the episodes and when I heard Clint's comment about Randy Newman being one of the only artists who can make him laugh and cry from one song to the next, I immediately said to myself, that's Bob. Bob's humor shines in countless songs and also the song Losing You is one of the most beautiful sad songs I've ever heard. I've cried listening to it many times. American Jesus makes me cry too. And there are certainly more. I just wanted to say, Bob, your brilliant lyrics and the dichotomy of emotion is exactly why I'm such a devoted fan. Your songs are the soundtrack to my life. Much love, Marie Paul Jeske. All right. Thank you, Marie Paul Jeske. Here's what I like about that email. She used the word dichotomy, and she also said a lot of nice shit about me. So that tells me, A, she's not dumb, and B, she's definitely not dumb because she's digging the beach knee. Um, Patty Sloan writes in and says, Zip, hey, Bob and Clint. First of all, excuse the long email, but not so long time listener, first time caller. As a Metal Up Your Podcast acolyte, I decided to dip my toes into some IOK sauce. Wasn't quite sure what to expect, but two months and 289 episodes in reverse chronological order later, let's just say I'm a fan. He says, as the final, which was technically the first episode, ended last week, I felt a strange sense of loss. I'm now going to have to actually have to wait for the next episode, but fear not. I'm patroned up and slathering myself in the secret weekly sauce. Thank you for the postcard, you handsome bastards. If the gentleman would be so kind to indulge me, I'd like to share my top five IOK moments in no particular order. Uh, I'm, I'm all ears because I've forgotten all of them. So this is someone who's just listened to every episode in two months, going all the way back to like 2018. So I'm interested to hear this too. So we've got some no particular order. He says, I'm sure you guys probably don't remember these, but good God, I was pissing myself laughing. All right. There's, here's what we should do before we go through these. How many are you going to remember and how many am I going to remember? You're going to remember four of the five. I'm going to remember one of the five. Okay. Do you think five out of five for you? I think so. I haven't read. I mean, I'm reading these fresh. This I'm just pulled these up. So I'm not pre-reading that, but I do remember. All right, that so you're combo. going five out of five for you. What about for me? I'm going to say two out of five for you. That, so yeah, we're, we're in agreement. Two out of five for me. Or did I say one out of five? I think I, I don't remember, but I'm going to go two out of five because that's more realistic. All right. So one, he has... Clint stating how he would not like it, but would understand if his wife had a tryst with Leonardo DiCaprio. Cue Bob explaining in graphic detail how this would not be a good idea due to Leo's penchant for ATM, slapping people around, and rimming. Let's say I win a Grammy next year. That's going to get real hard. It's going to get real hard when Rihanna wants to do a duet with me. And I think my wife would understand that. No, she wouldn't. <laughs> By the way, uh, the answer to that is I'm, no. I'm going to ask her later today because I'm sincerely curious. Like if she was in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and she was like, look, Leonardo, me and Leonardo DiCaprio are falling in love. Of course, I wouldn't like it. I love my wife. I don't want her to be with Leonardo DiCaprio. But there is a part of me that would be like, of course, you got to go be with Leonardo DiCaprio. What am I, I'm going to tell you, you can't do that. Well, that's true love. That is true love, isn't it? 
You really, that's true love. You really that's want, when you true when you really love someone is when you want them to be happy. Now, is being with you going to make her happier than being with Leonardo DiCaprio? Probably. So maybe it's not true. Pound for pound. Pound for pound. Pound for Leonardo pound. Leonardo DiCaprio is just going to fuck her in the butthole, <laughs> fill her butt with cum, oh and then God. have her lick all the cum off his shitty dick <laughs> and then slap her around and then have her eat his ass. And then he's going to leave her. And then she's going to go, what do I do now? I guess I go home to my husband. <laughs> and nobody, and here's who's not going to be cool with that. You are not going to be cool with that. And she's going to say, I need to tell you what happened. And you're going to say, don't say a word. I think if those exact events transpired in that order, I will have turned a pretty significant corner on the relationship. <laughs> I definitely remember this one. I do somewhat remember there was like a part of my brain that, that could imagine you mentioning something about your wife wanting to fuck Leonardo DiCaprio. But my response in that story, no recollection. Yeah. That. I'm going to say that doesn't count. I'm going to say you, don't, re- you yeah, don't remember it. That definitely goes in the don't remember category. All right. So there we go. One for you. None for me. All right. Number two. Bob's grossly offensive, and I'm guessing, he says, I'm guessing, I'm not Italian, but Bob's grossly offensive Fred Flintstone impression, when Clint suggested it may be offensive, Bob did not back down. He doubled down. Looks like I'm killing your daughter. And I'm like, hey, I'm uh, Skyping with with Scarlett. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into the Italian Fred Flintstone. <laughs> hey, I'm, uh, da, I'm uh, doing a face of time. Uh, when I'm a face of time. I'm doing no affairs of time with the Gascalito. Hey. Hey. Hey, Bobby. Hey, we're back in Italy. Hand me some of that a Nutella. <laughs> That's the lazy man's in Italy. <laughs> Nutella. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that coffee's kicking in like a motherfucker. I'm afraid of Flintstone. Dude, I don't remember it, but that sounds funny as fuck to me. Anybody doing an Italian accent and then you mix in a celebrity cartoon character like Freddie Flintstone? Count me in. But don't remember it. So that's zero for me. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Right, well, that's two for you. I wouldn't be able to tell you like what episode it was, but I... I do remember it. All right. Number three. I don't remember it at all. Uh, Number three. The one time Bob tried an open relationship and his lady took a bouncer home from the club as as she regaled to Bob over the phone how the bouncer told her to quote unquote open her eyes. It wasn't quite the philosophical musing one would expect. Replace the word eyes with ass and that folks is the exact moment Bob realized he was not European care enough to be in it but you don't care enough about some of the externals yeah you think it's all fun and games and uh, it is it is for for a, for a minute yeah but then at some point man at some point your girlfriend's telling you that some bouncer at a bar in spain <laughs> is telling her to open her eyes and you realize he's saying open your ass but with a spanish accent 
And then that's when the tears yeah. are let out of the corral to go. Go tears. Go. And that's go, obviously. Go, for, go frolic on the cheeks of young <laughs> Bo Schnei. Now, I don't know if I remembered saying that story on this show, but that shit's so burned into my brain. It's like that thing that the Kung Fu guy got when he fucking had to get out of the cave. Like that's, so I'm going to say I remember that one because I, I absolutely remember every single word of that story because I've told it a few times. So I'm going to put that in the I knew it category. And I believe that's from an episode entitled Open Your Eyes. Probably. Um, all right, number four. The egg lady on Clint's flight. No shell, no bag. Clint's deadpan delivery and Bob's reaction had me in stitches. This is the tale of the loose egg. So I'm on the plane before the pandemic. I was flying all the time, you know, like we do. Been on a million planes, way over the whole experience. It's all fine. I finally get in my seat, Southwest. I'm on the aisle. I always have the aisle because I have panic attacks on planes. Yeah. So I have to be able to get out of there really quick. I never take the window. So I'm on the aisle and I'm just sort of, I always have sunglasses on so I can stare at whoever I want or maybe people think I'm asleep or whatever. And two rows up on the other, I'll see it across, is an old lady hunched over and she's rummaging through a backpack, a Jan Sport backpack in the little pouch. And she's rummaging. It's just something to look at while everyone's still getting on the plane. And I'm watching her and I just start to get transfixed by it. I'm like, what, what is she looking for? And she's rummaging like a squirrel. And finally, she pulls out a loose, hard-boiled egg. No, wait, wait, hold, hold, wait, hold on. Please, please, Clint. Please, 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 God. Please, please, God. Please. Please, God. Listen to me, Clint, please. Tell me one of two things. One, it's in a Ziploc bag. No bag. It's got the shell on? No shell. No. The lady that pulled out like a loose hard-boiled egg on the plane was eating it on the plane. I mean, like when you say that, I'm like, yeah, maybe there was something like that, but I had no idea what the story is. Wow. I actually came up. I just kind of pre-read this last one and I don't remember it. So this is going to be a total of four out of five for me. Here's number five. Clint recounting random post-gig lady Deborah's expert advice on sleep apnea. That accent was fucking hilarious. A pre-show like hang like a drink, getting a couple drinks with my parents. They brought like all their fucking friends with them once, and I was talking about how I was snoring a little bit. I had gained some weight or whatever, and this fucking chick who I don't know is like, "You probably have sleep apnea. Uh, sleep apnea is when you're a little overweight and you snore because you because you can't breathe." I'm like, "Who the fuck are you?" Is that the way she talked? She talked a little bit like this. It's probably sleep apnea. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what that chick sounds like to me. Hot. It's pro- you know what it is? Uh, nice to meet you. Um, thanks for the 26 tickets, by the way. My cousin Jeffrey and his fucking shitty family, they're all going to love the show tonight. Never heard of you, by the way. Uh, it's probably... Hey, what brand of cigarettes do you, what brand of cigarettes do you smoke? Well, I've spent my most of my life smoking cools, but that's not <laughs> the <of> slims. 
Anyway, well, we're not talking about me. We're talking about you and your sleep apnea. <laughs> you know what sleep apnea is? It's when, you pro- when you're overweight and you, when you lay on your back and you can't breathe. You should have your wife count. You should have your wife count how many seconds between you and your breathing. <laughs> wow, this is really fun for me. Thanks for coming to the show. Oh my god, I like that character. What's that oh, person's boy. name? Uh, Deborah. Hi, it's me, Deborah. I'm a friend of your parents. Listen, I noticed that you seem a little winded just from walking from the parking lot to this bar, and that's that's probably on account of the 25 to 30 pounds you've, you're carrying on your frame. Your frame doesn't seem to be quite as big as the weight that you're putting on it. I sell insurance. <laughs> I like that character, Deborah. I wish it. I wish it was just a character. This is this lady's real. Wow, insufferable. She married or divorced? She's on her second marriage. <laughs> oh, I do remember it because you had that you had that accent. I could not count that and be one out of five or count it and be two out of five. I feel like I half remember that one and half remembered another one. I feel like that should count as one. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna give myself a score of two out of five and you're gonna do four out of five. Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, he says, those are just a few of many highlights from the podcast. The candid approach you both have is genuinely refreshing, but it would be nothing without the chemistry. Um, he says, good job for creating something awesome. It can't be easy. You both can be critical on yourselves at times, but you're doing pretty IOK in my book. For one, I would give my left testicle to be able to write songs like you guys. I'd get more ass than a toilet seat. Best wishes, Patrick Sloan, Belfast, Ireland, New Jack City. P.S. Bob, your Irish accent is effing terrible smiley laughy face dude i've never had anybody from ireland say my my accent was anything other than pure shit (laughs) but here's the deal and i only know because i I did a show with this guy pat byrne who's very much irish and i was doing my irish accent i there which is kind of like a pirate you got to get into it like a pirate i like it too are they're magically delicious but i like it too yeah i can't get into it right now anyways i was when you're talking to an irish person you can start kind of talking irish but he was like oh your shit sucks <laughs> and then i was like well let's see you do it on a fucking american accent and then he did a perfect american accent the irish somehow could do perfect american accents i feel like it, an american accent's way easier to do probably because we speak correctly can i can't understand irish people i can't Except, well that's the problem we speak the language the way it's meant to be spoken, and then all the other English speakers <laughs> speak it wrong. So, of course, it's going to be easy to speak it the way we it's speak It's really it. how I feel about it. That doesn't sound reasonable. I, I, I was talking to a British friend of mine, and he was talking about David Bowie, and he kept saying David right. Bowie. And I was like, dude, that is not how you say his name. No. And he was like, dude, first of all, he's British, I'm British, and we invented the English language. So don't tell me I'm saying it wrong. And I was like, I don't know what to say, dude. It's not David Bowie. I'm it's sorry. Definitely not David Bowie. It's just not. Dude, you know what the number one restaurant in England is? This just proves how dumb England is. I'm going to say something like McDonald's. Subway. <laughs> they it love, is. They love to eat fresh over there across the pond. Dude, There's that is more hilarious. Subways than any other restaurant in England. That so is that, really that surprising. That proves that they don't know how to say Bowie. Bowie. All right, one last email, and you're going to dig this one because it's about your beloved soccer, which I got to admit played out like some like it was written. 
Jesus Christ. There's no better no better sports thing I've ever seen in my life than the fucking World Cup this year. This is Mariano Reynoso from Argentina. Or the subject says Argentina. She says, hi, daddies. Merry Christmas to both you and your families. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hey, Bob, how about them boys from Argentina? That was so stressful, but I'm glad we won. Mariano, your number one blind follower. And I didn't see the game. Um, I can't remember why, but I did hear from a lot of people that it was basically like a like a perfect movie ending with Messi winning and all, him getting the last goal and all that. It was truly, it was the greatest sporting event that I've ever witnessed. And I mean, I, of course, I like, I love soccer. I wanted Argentina to win, but the way that France played and the way Mbappe played, who's the star of the French team, scored a hat trick. It was so crazy and so exciting. At one point, you know me. Have you ever seen me without a shirt on? How long have you known me? <laughs> 25 years? Have you ever seen me with a shirt off? off? I haven't ever seen you with your shirt off. No, of course not. I've been in, and I've been in like bodies of water with you. Oh, yeah. No, I've been uh, in like pools and stuff with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm wearing a shirt in a pool. Uh, you're, you're never going to see me without a shirt on. My wife's maybe seen me naked. Never. Okay. Without the lights on. Lights are off. What are we turning the lights on now? No, that's no, out. No, <laughs> that's out. Oh, yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily put tinfoil on the, uh, <laughs> but I, but I, I do have the light blocking curtains. Not a single lumen will be activated during no, there's no during lumens. Coitus. Yeah. No, no lumens during coitus. Um. So yeah, that's me. Shirt on always. When Argentina went up ahead of goal after they were two two at the very end. Are you about to tell me that you like ripped your shirt off or something? Well. If you if you watch soccer, sometimes guys get so excited when they score a goal, they will take their shirt off. Now, if you take your shirt off at a soccer match, you get a goal, you get a yellow card. It's a pen, you get a foul. And I've seen guys who were already on a foul get so excited they take take their shirt off and they get a red card and they get sent off. So when they scored that goal, I got so excited, I ripped my shirt off and was <laughs> running around the living room screaming, waving my shirt. Now did my wife immediately grab her phone and start videotaping me? Yes. Did I see that out of the corner of my eye? Yes. Did I wrestle her to the ground? Yes. Right. Did I delete the the video immediately? Yes. Well, because you know it, you know the truth deep down. The, the truth deep down is like what starts as a your wife who loves you is just capturing a funny moment that you guys will laugh about forever. That's a little thing called blackmail material. No, that's a little thing called live forever on Pornhub. <laughs> that gets uploaded to Pornhub, and then all of a sudden, I'm in the celebrity search. Bob Schneider without a shirt on. Anyways, I deleted it from her phone, and then I'd say 15 minutes later, I get a little text from, from my wife. Guess what's on the text? What? Oh, a little video with me running around with my shirt yeah. off. You got to delete it from the delete recently deleted folder as well. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, well. Anyways. Here, here, this is this clickety-clack sound of me going to Pornhub right now. <laughs> Searching Bob Schneider. Yeah, if 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 there's a, any kind of a divorce in the future, you'll just look for that somewhere online. Yeah. I don't look good without a shirt, by the way. It's not a good look for me. Well. I don't think anybody, I don't no think one does. anybody over 50 should not have a shirt on. Like, even if you're Tom Cruise, like Tom Cruise he doesn't have any body fat, 
But when he takes his shirt off, it's, it's a weird look. It's you know what I'm looking. talking about? Yeah, his belly's kind of distended. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, there's some, yeah, just weird shit. I, I, I watched uh, almost all of Emily in Paris over the last couple of days. And there's a scene where this woman who's around 50 gets out of the ocean. Doesn't have a, a drop of body fat, but I don't want to see a, a woman in her 50s in a bikini coming out of the ocean. I still like looking at the body, but I also admit that it's not what it was. And it's, oh, you know, it's not the 20 year old type. This thing. lady, the, let me, let me clarify about this lady coming out of the ocean. Zero boobs. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> do you want to re, do you want to recant your statement? <laughs> now that you're in growth. Couldn't be less interested. If you could try to measure my lack of interest. dude, I feel like if I showed you a clip of that lady coming out of the ocean, all you would see is like an empty beach scene and mm-hmm. you'd be like, where's the lady? And I'll be like, she's right there. I might, like, yeah, I might die of boredom. I might die of lack of sexual interest. I don't see any. I, all I see is the ocean. I don't see anything. I'm a simple dude. I, yeah. And also, I'm what God made me. I can't not be what God decided to make me in his infinite wisdom. So, period. But I just, you know, I'm a very, um, you know, I'm not a spiritual man. I'm a carnal man. I'm a simple man. And I like, I like flesh. I like the body. I've always liked sex. And I like women. I'm simple. There's no, no big you're, whoop. Here's, here's what you are. You're an honest man. I, I wouldn't say you're simple. You're complicated. You're thoughtful. You're investigatory, but you're an honest man. And when you see, when you see a peanut butter and jelly sandwich sitting on the counter, you're not going to say, "Oh, look at said assortment of bread and crushed nuts and juice from the berry." No, that's not the kind of human being you are, dude. You're no. going to say, "Oh." Who put this delicious PB and J on the fucking thing? Because guess what? You got t- you got limited amount of time on this planet as a fucking man. You don't need to be fucking around with all that flowery language. PB and J does it. Yeah. Are they uncrustables? No. No problem. I like the crust. Yeah. Give me the burnt parts. I'm a man. Did, have you ever bought the bread that doesn't have the crust for your daughter? No. They have it at HEB. They have crustless white bread. Yeah. Well, Smucker's makes those uncrustables, which is basically the same thing. I've eaten them. I've never eaten one. Pretty good. So I don't know why I don't buy that bread because my daughter will not eat the crust. I have to cut the crust off the bread for my daughter. She won't do it. She acts like it's poop. Yeah. My wife won't eat the outer edges of a Pop-Tart. I don't like the outer edges of Pop-Tart, but am I going to eat every <laughs> fucking... Once I start on a Pop-Tart, am I going to stop? I mean, look, we've had this argument. Your wife's skinny. Well, I'm like, look, I get it. The part that doesn't have all the fun frosting on the top or the berry stuff in the middle, I get it. That's not as exciting. But you factor those edges into all your bites. So you gotta, you just got to do a little bit what of What does math. she do? She fucking cuts it. She like bends it in half and then eats it from the outside like a fucking alien? She Yeah, she cuts it in half and then eats all the filling inside. And then she puts all the crust in the, just in the console of my car. Because that's her plate. Oh, God. Really? Sometimes, yeah. Man, my wife has no problem coming into my car. And treating it like it's the inside of a fucking trash can. Yeah. What is what is that? I don't know. Um, I don't know. 
I really don't know. And it'd be one thing if you just if you put the crust in the console, and then when you're done, when you got to your yeah, wherever maybe, you're going, maybe throw it away. You pick it up. You scoop it up. You scoop up as much as you can. Maybe you miss a crumb or two. Yeah, but that's a thoughtful thing to do. Well, that ain't happening. I have those little floss picks in my car, in a bag in the in the little between the seats, you know. Yeah, and she'll pull one of the, but she opens up the bag and she'll pull out like five of them. You only need one. Uh, sometimes those take me two because I'll break them. Well, I just went to the dentist and uh, he goes, which I, I like going to the dentist because starting yeah, yeah. starting about three, four, five years ago, I started really taking care of my teeth, so I I no longer fear the dentist. And I went in and got a good report on the cleaning. And then he goes, uh, how often are you flossing? And I said, pretty often. He goes, I know. I could tell by the way your gums responded to the thing. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, I'm not. What are you trying to quiz me about this? And then he goes, uh, well, how, let me ask you this. How are you flossing? What's your flossing method? And I said, I use those little travel guys. I, they're easy for me to take with me. Obviously, I travel a lot. Boom. They're in there. I don't have to worry about getting my huge knuckles into my mouth. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, <clears throat> yeah, that's. We're gonna have to get you off those. We're gonna have to get you using the you know old school rope thing. And I was like, "Are what? you?" Re- I said, "Are you really gonna draw this line in the sand? How many of these? What? How many people come in here that you have to beg to floss their goddamn gums?" I'm telling you, I got the my gums are responding well to when he yeah. flossed my teeth. There's no blood. Yeah. And then he wants to just dig in into the paint and get me back on the the rope from the 1700s. He was like, you're just not getting as good of a flossing job done with the travel guys. We got to get you off those. And I said, listen, I will never use the rope thing unless I'm like traveling. I don't have my stuff. I'm always going to use the travel guys because I can get them in my goddamn mouth. How sexually satisfied do you think that that dentist wife is? (sighs) Well, (laughs) from him or from someone else, because he's paying the bills. Okay. She might be having fun somewhere else. Probably not with that dickhead. Uh, yeah. Guess how many times I've flossed my teeth before they came out with those fucking flossers. <laughs> I'm going to guess in my life. Pretty low. Zero times. <laughs> I know those things. The old school. I, I actually had this argument with him the last time I went because he told me the same thing. And he couldn't remember. Obviously, I'm, you know, he sees a lot of people's horrible mouths. And I said, dude, hundreds of years of like Western medicine, dentistry. The best way to you're telling me the best way to floss your teeth without a water pick is the old school shove rope up in between your teeth. And he was like, yeah, we've, we've not improved upon that. There's no, there's no difference between the flosser and the, the only difference is you've got two little plastic, tiny little plastic fingers holding it versus your big old knuckly fucking shit covered <laughs> knuckles. He claimed it was all about the angle because you got to do this like C motion. You know, you got to start from the tooth and go all the way up go over the gum and then around the other tooth. And I was like, look, I that I'm, does sound that does sound pretty amazing. Well, I was like, look, maybe you're right. Okay. Maybe the rope method is the best. But don't talk to me like the travel one is like bullcrap because it's either the travel thing or it's nothing. Yeah. And if you're gonna try to tell me the travel thing is less than fifty percent as good as the rope, then Is that what he said? No. Well, no, we didn't get we didn't start talking numbers. We got, we were getting close. But then I realized I just wanted to get the hell out of there. I got a good report. I won Maybe he was just mad that I won that day. I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm an, I'm, I'll never not use those flossers, though. Well, they're great. I love them. I use them every day. Every time I eat, I'm flossing afterwards now. 
Well, I've gotten to the point where if I get any food in between some of my teeth, it hurts. Like it's weird how like a little piece of food will like hurt my gum. So I, I like I'll have to get up from the table sometimes and floss. Dude, what's the deal? I mean, you're you're a relatively young man, but I feel like in my twenties, I never got a single piece of food stuck in my teeth. I guess they're getting wider apart. And then at some point, yeah, they just I mean the last couple of times I've gone in, my doctor's is like, my dentist is like, yeah, we're going to fill in these gaps yeah, with, with like fake shit. Yeah. So they do. Yeah. I do the same thing, but I still, I don't know. I'm always getting some stuck in my teeth. Oh man. Well, I did leave that dentist visit thinking I may need to get a new dentist. Might be time. Yeah. You, you don't want your, you know what? You want to walk out of your dentist's office thinking you're the fucking king. Well, especially if you've been doing the right thing. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, when I first started getting back on track, you know, like several years ago, just really prioritizing that kind of thing. I'd have to eat that horrible sandwich when you go in and they, they, they're like, tisk tisk. They're like, mm, someone's not been doing any flossing. And I, I remember telling them, you know, I was like, look, I get it. It's going to be a horrible situation in there. But that's why I'm here now. We're going to turn this around. We're going to do it together. And I'm going to take it seriously. And they're like, then they're like working in there and it's horrible. And like my gums are bleeding or whatever. And they're like, mm, a lot of blood. Yeah, a lot of blood. You know, your gums are very weak. I'm like, I know, motherfucker. You don't need to rub my nose in it. Because they kind of give you a bit of the shame. They try to throw the shame at you. Yeah, I don't know when I, I think I started getting my teeth cleaned regularly. Like I do it like three times a year, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I do twice. Maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. And I remember the first time I went in there, this is pre-flossers, so I'm not flossing, barely brushing. Yeah. And I go in there, and they start poking around. And, like, every time they even touch my gum, just, yeah, just, you know, blood gushing forth from every gum. You know you're not getting a good report on the blood sitch when they keep putting water in and sucking it all out. When they're, like, they're, like, scrape, scrape, oop. Scrape, yeah. scrape, whoop. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's a that's a seven, that's a six, that's that's a seven, that's a seven, that's a six. I'm like, what's the max? They're like, oh, seven. <laughs> I'm like, I thought it was like ten or something. Like, no, it's seven. So they were all maxed. Like there was a couple that were like sixes, one off the mat. And it, but then after that, every time I'd go in, I was fine. Yeah. Was, that first one was rough. Yeah. You just gotta kind of do what they ask you to do. But I think if you just get them cleaned every few months, you, they can't, you know what I mean? You can't really go, they can't get too fucked I, up. Well, I remember the first time, I, it probably wasn't five years ago, probably a little longer, not 15, but maybe a little longer than five, but, you know, they do like every six months. And I remember I went and I, I gave them my whole thing and I made it funny. I was trying to make everyone laugh. I was like, look, I'm trying to grow up and trying to take care of myself. Let's, let's just get through this. It's going to be horrible. And they were like, hey, we normally, you know, normally we would see you again in six months, but can you come in in a couple, in two months? They're like, we need to, we're going to yeah, go yeah. ahead and, and stagger these a little sooner. Right. And I did. And I love it now. I love the feeling of leaving the dentist. I don't like when they put the strawberry, like waxy stuff on. I feel like that kind of ruins it at the end. Did they do that to oh, you? That's my favorite part where they buff them. Yeah, man. That kind of ruins it for me. Mm, I love it. 
a lot of dental talk here at the end. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you for listening to IOK. And you know what? If you want to take a page out of old Patty Sloan. Yeah, Patty Sloan, who's our buddy from... He signed off from Belfast, Ireland, New Jack City. And you want to write in maybe some of your favorite moments. And if you got a timestamp, we might put a little a little episode together where we revisit some of our good moments. I My standout episode, and I wonder if you'll even remember this because we did it for an entire episode, is really early in the 30 minutes. I want to say within the first 10-minute block, we started doing an Orson Welles thing. And then we just committed to it, and we did this. We did 20 minutes of Orson Welles ordering the duck at a hotel. Do you remember that at all? I do. That, I love that one. Anytime you and me are cracking up, I love I think my favorite one that I'm thinking about right this moment was the Mike Tyson oh, yeah. beating up, beating the guy on the, on the fucking plane <laughs> is really, truly one of my favorite yeah. stories of all time. And I do, just because I'm a bit of an anarchist, I do have a very soft, fond part of my heart for the episode where we committed to doing British accents the entire show. Yeah, I like that one too. I think that one's called the Tale of the Sandwich. Oh, is that the sandwich one? Yeah, because it's all oh, about dude, making a sandwich. Uh, that sandwich bit with the sandwich inside the sandwich. Oh, Unfortunately, that's too long to put in a compilation because that was an entire 30 minutes. Man. If you use Overcast, the great thing about that app, which is the app I use, it's free, is the search function is really good. And I put, I always put like notes about what we talk about. So if you go to Overcast and you just type in, if you're on the IOK thing, you just type in Mike Tyson. Every time I have said that we talk about Mike Tyson, every episode will pop up. So like six will pop up. Then you can kind of just zoom around to whatever you want to hear about. That's cool. And you can also do that with the secret weeklies once you start getting them on your, uh, on your podcast apps. So we're going to, we're going to kick it there. Now, you know how to get over there. Just join us on Patreon. You just buy us a cup of coffee a month. That's all. Yeah. And believe me, dude, those secret weeklies are nice. I just recently started listening to them, and I think they're my favorite. They're pretty that's good. The other, that's my other favorite. I guess I got a lot of favorites. <laughs> well, write in Bob and Clint at gmail.com some of your favorite moments. We'll read them on the show. We'll read mostly anything you want to write into the show, as long as we want to talk about it. And we are going to kick it out of the secret weekly. Happy New Year. Take care. We'll see you next week. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.